Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of the podcast. And today we are going to study, <coughs> excuse me, the Prophet Jeremiah, that's your Miyahu 49b. That's the second half and also the completion of chapter 49. Um, in this chapter, your Miyahu's prophecies towards several other nations. In the last podcast in 49a, we read his prophecies that he spoke to um, uh, the um, the nation of Ammon, the Ammonites, and Edom, the Edomites. In this one, he's going to talk to three nations. Uh, first, the nation of Aram, which was also, um, the, whose capital was Damascus, and um, often the entire nation is just called Damascus. And the nation of Kedar and the nation of Elam. These are um, uh, those second two, Kedar and Elam. We don't have a lot of data about them, uh, you know, but we'll we'll do what we can. We'll do the best we can. <clears throat> First, he turns his attention to Damascus, Damascus, which is the um, uh, also called the nation of Aram. Uh, the nation of Aram turns up a lot during the early days of the kingdom of Israel uh, as a frequent enemy. <clears throat> there were numerous battles between various Judean and Israelite kings with the Aram. So, um, so it was a frequent enemy of Israel. If we want to look to why God is decreeing this punishment against Aram, we only need to remind ourselves not so much of all of the battles that they had and how they were kind of a thorn in the side of the Israelite kingdom, but specifically their brutality. And we've seen this um, with several of the nations that Jeremiah has uh, turned his attention to in these last few chapters, that there's specific brutality in, in, in war and violence. Uh, we see in Amos... We see the um, uh, the prophet Amos. Uh, we see how he uh, discussed. He said that um, the first nation he turned his attention to when he was addressing the nations was the nation of Damascus, Damascus, Aram, this very nation. On three sins of Damascus, which is generally understood to be three of the major wars that the uh, people of Aram had against the people of Israel. I can I can forgive, but Allah on the fourth I cannot forgive, and that was that they that they threshed with iron combs or iron boards the people of Gilad. The Gilad was an area in the northern kingdom of Israel, and when they conquered, when the when the armies conquered them, the captive soldiers they would scrape their skin, or peel their bodies with iron iron sheets or iron blades or iron combs so it's just awful brutality which god therefore god says that i am going to destroy damascus so if we take that we can understand what um what the reason is for the the specific um uh decrees here against aram uh, so so let's read it now. Ledamesek. This is verse 23, chapter 49 of Jeremiah. Ledamesek, concerning Damascus. 
Again, that is the capital of the nation of Aram. Bosha Hamosbi Arpad. These other two cities in Aram, Hamat and Arpad, are put to shame. Kishemua Ra'ashamu. Because they have heard bad news. In other words, they have heard that their capital has been destroyed. Namogu Bayom Da'aga. They are so afraid as if that they, they were in worried in the sea, Hashkeit Lo Yuchal, which won't quiet. Like the particular amount of worry uh, of worry and anxiety that a person would have if he was stuck in a ship in the middle of the ocean which was stormy and there's and it's just not stopping it's not going away verse 24 Rav Damesek Damascus has become weak it has become feeble she has turned to run Again, this is referring to what's going to happen when the Babylonians attack Aram along with all the other nations in the area. Um, they're, they're, they're going to be weak and they're going to turn to run. But she is going to be um, uh, 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 overtaken by shaking and trembling. Uh, pain and and pangs, chavalim, is pang specifically reminiscent of the of the um, contractions and pain of labor. Achazato kayaleta, they have grabbed a hold of her like like a woman giving birth. This is we've heard this uh, similar analogies several times already. In Jeremiah, echlo uzva ir tihilos kiryasmisosi. Why was the city of glory not fortified and not ready? To fight against the town of uh, uh, against the, its invaders, the town of my delight. It used to be such a beautiful city. How is it that they weren't ready to fight the Babylonians when they came? Again, this, it gives a little sense of of arrogance, which is a common theme. How could you not be ready to fight? We're going to see in a minute. Kedar also had this arrogance about them that they weren't they weren't taking the oncoming onslaught of the Babylonians seriously, um, which uh, smells of arrogance. We saw in, in the last one in 49a, we talked about how the people of Edom lived confidently on their mountaintops, thinking that nothing can, 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 can overtake them, <laughs> despite the fact <clears throat> that they've been more repeatedly warned by the prophets, by Jeremiah here, by Amos, as we've referred to several times, uh, and when we studied Amos, and uh, in several cases Ezekiel and Isaiah, but despite the warnings, they 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 stuck to the idea that they're that they're too strong or too secure to be attacked as well. Lachain, therefore, because of this, because of this neglect in defense and this arrogance that they had, Lachain Yiplu her young men will fall in the streets. And all of her soldiers, Yidamu Bayamahu, will be will be cut down or killed on that day. And I'm going to destroy by fire the walls of Damascus, and that flame will also devour the towers or fortresses of Ben Hadad. Ben Hadad was one of the powerful kings of Aram. A very similar verse to what we find in Amos. We find a lot of parallels. Now he turns his attention to Kedar. This is verse 28. Kedar, we don't know a lot about Kedar, but it was apparently a semi-nomadic tribe that lived in the, somewhere in the Arabian desert. Um, uh, 
uh, tradesmen and they lived in tents. Uh, they uh, traveled by camel. They, um, they tended their herds of, of sheep and goats. Um, and they, uh, that's the kind of lifestyle that they had. This, is, this we do know. Now, um, they, they're roughly close to a, an area called the Kingdom of Chatzor in this area. And they were also taken over by the Babylonians during this march. Exactly what it is that Kedar's sin was, we don't find much reference, much discussion among the, the uh, prophets about Kedar, criticizing Kedar, telling Kedar about, uh, about uh, what the, the message that God wanted them to hear. So we might be able to find some hints in these verses, but not much. But a little bit we'll find, and we'll definitely uh, bring them out. And um, the um, one thing, lekedar ulamam lechot chatzar. This is verse twenty-eight. Then, when he turned his attention to Kedar and the kingdoms of Chatzar, which ones are the ones I share? He called Nebuchadrezzar Melech Babel, the ones that were struck down by Nebuchadrezzar, the king of Babylon. So says God, I want you to um, to rise up against Kedar and plunder the literally the sons of the east. Bnei um, Kedem meaning the people of the east. So these are the people living way out east in the Arabian desert. Their tents and their sheep you should take. This is seemingly God speaking to Nebuchadnezzar to the Babylonians. All of their um, their curtains and utensils, the curtains with which they make their tents, and all of their all of their utensils, all of their items, uh, and their camels, um, they they will carry off for for themselves because that's how they're going to run away is, is with their camels. And and when you attack them. Uh, um, they will they will cry out at their seemingly at their camels. There's terror everywhere. Everything is all we don't even know which direction to run. The Babylonians are just coming from every direction. Nusu nudu maod run and wander and 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 wander far away. Dwell in the depths, which generally means hide in caves. You residents of Chatzar. Remember, we're bundling these these two groups together: the people of this nation, Chatzar, and the people of Kedar. Apparently, they're either closely related or, or similar or culturally or geographically or both. Why? Because Nebuchadrezzar um, has decided to take counsel against you, meaning he has decided to attack you, and he has thought and made plans to attack you. Um. What were the thoughts that he had? What was this council? What was this discussion that he had with his counselors? Apparently, the discussion went something like the following: Kumu alu el goy silev yoshev lavetach noam adonai. Rise up against this nation, which is shilev. This is uh, um, uh, uh, from the language of shalva, of peace. Uh, that lives in tranquilly, that dwells securely. No Madonai says God. They don't even have doors. They don't even have locks. They they live alone, 
at securely and at peace. This seems to be again. This is the third time we had this with um, the, the the people of Damascus, Aram. We had this uh, where God criticizes them for living, a, you know, in a, in a secure way, as if you know, you know, why didn't they? Be, why weren't they ready to defend themselves? We had this with the Edomites living securely, thinking that everything is going to be fine, and we have this again. So it seems that the issue here is that the people didn't take seriously the words of the prophets that was directed to them, and they just simply didn't, they weren't ready. They didn't think that anything could ever happen to them. They didn't think that, that, that their sins would ever come back to haunt them. And, and, and so this, this was the, 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 um, the council, and their camels will become your booty, you can take them, and there are many abundant um, cattle or flocks will be your spoils and I will scatter them into um, uh, uh, every corner to the end of every corner now this could also mean something else uh, some some the way I just read it was kind of the way Rashi reads it to spread them out to the corners of the earth might also mean people that cut the corners of their hair which is uh, um, described in the Torah as, as something that uh, idol worshippers did, which this also, if, if we don't translate like Rashi and Radak, and we assume that Ketsutsepea means the way their hair was clipped, they might have been part of some sort of pagan cult which the Torah condemned. And one of the signs that these people had was cutting their hair or, or making cuts in their heads in a certain way, that made that identified them as members of this cult. This might have been the issue, or at least part of the issue that God had with them, for which He's condemning them. From every side, from everywhere, um, they will. Um, I will, God says, I will deliver their doom and destruction. The place of Chatzar will end up being a dwelling place of Tanim is sometimes usually translated as jackals. That'll just Shemamad Alam, it will be destroyed forever. No one shall ever live there in eternal desolation. And no human beings will live there. He then turns his, his attention to a third nation, the nation of Elam. Now Elam is about as far east as would have been known to the people of Jer- the, that Jeremiah was speaking to. It's farther east than, than um, somewhere in modern-day Iran, Persia. So farther east than Babylon. It's out there, way out there. Now, we, there's not a lot of we know about Elam. We do know some things about Elam. One thing we know is that they... Um, that they were skilled with the bow, they were skilled warriors, specifically skilled with the bow and arrow. And we also know that despite their very distant uh, geographic location in relation to Israel, we also know from Isaiah 22, 6, that, that warriors from Elam accompanied Nebuchadnezzar in his attack against the um, I mean, obviously Isaiah. Then exactly which war against Israel he was referring to in Isaiah twenty-two is a topic not for this podcast. <clears throat> but he mentions that the that the the um 
the warriors of Elam accompanied the attackers against Israel. Now, why would someone come all the way from Elam to attack? That uh, is, um, is uh, possibly gives us a little bit of a hint as to why Yahu is now turning his attention to Elam. So in verse 34, another strange thing happens because it times this, 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 uh, this prophecy to a time and we're not sure exactly why. Uh, verse 34, The word of God that came to Jeremiah, the prophet Elam, regarding the country of Elam. This happened in the early days of Malchut Tzidki, Lamar of the kingdom of Tzidkiah, the king of Judah, saying, um, I saw in some places that that at this time in the early days of Tzidkiah, remember the people were pushing Tzidkiah to rebel against against uh, Babylon. Maybe, and it would kind of sort of make sense to say that the people might have, and remember Jeremiah was counseling the people not to uh, uh, rebel against Babylon, but to submit to them. The people might, there, there is some evidence that Elam had fought against Babylon and eventually was conquered and eventually became subsumed within the Babylonian kingdom as well. Maybe they were hoping that this faraway nation of Elam with their powerful warriors might take down the Babylonians so therefore and weaken them so that we can rebel and that might be the reason for this. Uh, I, I've seen uh, some commentaries say that I don't I don't know if it's true though, but it's it sounds interesting. This is verse 35. I am going to break the bows of the Elam of people of Elam, which is the mainstay or the, the of their might. Um, so in other words, don't rely on Elam to take down Babylon, forget about it. And instead, the opposite is gonna happen. <clears throat> I shall bring upon Elam destruction coming from four different directions. From the four corners of the heavens. And I will scatter them to all of those winds. There won't be a nation on the planet, that, that there won't be a nation in the world, that the, the, the people driven out of Elam, won't, some of them won't end up there. The hachtati et elam. Uh, this is verse thirty-seven. I shall shatter. Hachtati is like to shatter glass. Lefnei in front of their enemies. For in front of those that are trying to harm them and kill them. being evil upon them. Et my my wrath. And I will send the sword against them until I destroy them. This is a tremendous amount of destruction and wrath and anger, which and it's it's just a little bit makes it, me a little uneasy because I just don't understand where the punishment is coming from, and we don't have a lot of hints as to why Elam deserved this punishment. We just don't know a lot about them, other than that fact that I said, and if anyone. Um, can think of anything else please let me know i i didn't see in any of the commentaries either anything that really that really um made uh help me feel better about this this passage here uh but we do know that the elamites did help in the attack against jerusalem so we can assume and they came from far away to do it which kind of sort of shows what kind of people they might have been how they might have been into violence and conquering and so on things that god does not really 
like so much. I will set my throne in Elam. And I'm going to get rid of their king. I'm going to get rid of their officers, says God. This really sounds a lot like the people were hoping that Elam would take down Babylon so that the people could then rebel against Babylon. And God is making it very clear that that's not going to happen and that Elam is not going to be a strong power at all. However, in the end of days, I will bring back the captives of Elam. Elam will not be completely destroyed. There will be a remnant. There will be a memory of them. Thank you so much for studying the entire chapter 49 with me. Looking forward to studying chapters 50 and 51, which, in which Jeremiah turns his attention to the ultimate fate of Babylon, which until now has been the conquering, I wouldn't say hero, but the one who's been conquering and winning all these battles and crushing all of the oppressors. But in the end, Jeremiah has a different fate in mind for the Babylonians, and he's going to tell us about that in the next two chapters. Thank you. Mm-hmm.